Canada. I'm your host Tom, and with me as always are Dan. What? Jesus Christ. Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Steve. And we're getting off to a great start today. Ward was, I, though he was making fun of you, and the way you start with five. In five. <laughs> like the weird, warbly radio announcer voice you got going on. I'm pretty sure that's what he's going after. I'm just I, drinking my Bud Light Lime. I think he was just being weird. And honestly, the whole five, four, three, two, one—it's a Wayne's World thing, man. I, I know, I know. But we're I thought it was familiar. a Care Bears thing. No, that's the Care five, Bears four, three, But two, then you say one. two and one. With this, you'd never say two and one. Mm. Also, can we just talk about the Care Bears for a second? I'm gonna need another beer. Lionheart. <laughs> no, I was gonna say the Care Bear stare. Isn't that a little weird that they would just stare at you aggressively and then you die or yeah, something? Yeah, they basically <laughs> shame you to death. Yeah, isn't that just a little strange? It's really typical of the late 80s. Like, I, I found it a little unnerving. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Laser beams shoot out of their fucking stomachs, man. Like, how much more fucked up can you get? Uh, the Toronto, or the uh, Vancouver realtor that had a series of ads of laser beams shooting out of her eyes while she destroyed prices. <laughs> That's it, awesome. hit, hit the Reddit like front page. It was pretty amazing. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> but if you really, if you want to get deeper into into the Care Bears, like no, they no. were assholes because they're beating up on an ugly little furball and a small child. Beastly and shrieky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. And no Beastly, it's a classic. Why do I remember all this garbage? It's a classic story. I know why, because you're approximately two years older than me. And he probably has several t-shirts that reference it. Some of them I are probably know. related to breakfast cereal. I don't have any Care Bears breakfast cereal t-shirts. I don't okay. even know if such a thing exists. Okay, we are off to an epic start. We should probably get back <laughs> please, on track. Please. Well, why don't we start that off with Steve? What have you done this weekend, Hobby? Uh, I've actually done a ton since I've been back. Uh, I got my entire cohort Cybernetica completely finished up and also one arm for my Imperial Knights. I got the, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's a giant power fist. Uh, it's got some crazy name. So I got that all done. So my army's ready for Terminal P. That's me. That's me. Uh, uh, well, I got stuff done, but it doesn't seem like a lot. I bought. <laughs> it is. It, well, it is. It's, it was only like fourteen models. I only got no. Actually, we got painted what three, five models, but the rest was. Assembly. Are you feeling okay? Assembly. I assembled all the silver tower. You did. I, I did, and I yeah. painted them up and primed them, and well. Did you clean them to ward level? No, nobody ever cleans no. it to ward level. Because no. <laughs> then you never paint anything. Yeah, pretty much. It sounded oddly dirty. Nobody ever cleans it to ward level. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Cleanliness is next to godliness. He's good at buffing. What can I say? <laughs> oh, We're going to talk about some of the stuff that you uh, finished building a little later, so we'll, we'll skip sure. you. Yeah, no, like I said, I'm done. I didn't get much done. Yeah, well, we appreciate what you did finish up because it would made for a great Friday night of gaming. Yeah, it did. So anyways, Ward. Uh, I built some more Knights of Dice Terrain. I finished the theater, and holy oh, smokes. Nice. Yeah, that thing is crazy. Did you know that you can name it two different uh, venues? You can either Harmonic call it and something else? The Majestic. Oh, really? They, I was looking Ooh. at their stuff. So that means you need to get a second one. 
If they make a rune one, most definitely. No, it's just a second one because one's a harmonic, one's a majestic. I made the majestic. So you you brought them over here on Friday, the stuff that you had built. A couple pieces that I did, so. That wasn't everything that I had built. No, a lot of the stuff that you had built, I guess. Yeah. The big building. The big stuff. The tower. It was like four buildings out of what, 20? Is that how many you got? I got a lot. Okay, but but the point that I was trying to make is if you haven't got a chance to take a look at our Facebook page and look at the scale of these buildings, you should, uh, because they're roughly three times, one of them is three times taller than a Wraith Knight. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. pretty sweet. They're actually really <laughs> nice pieces of terrain. So. And for those hoping to attend Onslaught, Ward has promised at least one of those buildings on every table. Well, I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> it, doesn't really, it doesn't really fit for some of the systems, Tom. 40 but if you have a major, you're going to have, what, roughly 30 tables? Yeah, you won't be able to do every table, but that'll still be pretty badass. I'll probably have a, a good... I have, I'm hoping for a row of five at least to have, be, like, kick-ass city. Or you could put them all yeah. on one table. No, I was talking one of those massive towers on every table. Oh, yeah, no. The, <laughs> no, no. The cost wouldn't go well. You would make no money off the tournament. <laughs> you don't make money off tournaments anyways. No, but you should not lose money, ideally. Ideally, you shouldn't, and I can guarantee you if you went uh, and bought, what, like $3,000 worth of what? Yeah, that'd be like $100 a table just for that one piece of terrain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You might get a discount. It might be 90 <laughs> <laughs> You would get free shipping. You would get free shipping for sure. And then, shipping. really, when you're getting free shipping, they're basically giving you the whole order for free. Close to, right? So, yeah. No, I've I just been building buildings and uh, working on some... Uh, colors on the uh, test pieces, so we'll see what happens with that. Does that mean some of the buildings will be painted soon? No, that uh, means the test pieces will be fully painted, ready, and highlighted. Ideally, my plan is to hopefully finish off the rest of the buildings. I have, I'm have. i working on the petroleum station tonight, yeah, and that should hopefully be done. And then uh, Chinatown for the rest of the week, and then hopefully the following week I should start putting paint to buildings. You need to come over soon so we can start painting them because I want to play with them at my house shamelessly. <laughs> sure. I can do that. They're so sweet. I actually was looking at them today at work and was like, uh, maybe I should buy one. Just, just wait for the next section. Maybe a centerpiece? Anyways. <laughs> Dan, how about you? I did just a tiny bit of building. I got a little bit more work done on my uh, Kraken Petroleum, but I'm still not sure how I want to do the sub-assemblies for painting it, so it's kind of stalled out. But I did actually work on some... Uh, I guess, where were they from? There were bits from all over different uh, manufacturers, but I was working on some um, models that will work on those aftermath buildings, so they were being done up for that um, This Is Not a Test. Which actually looks really cool. Yeah, so post-apocalyptic and awesome. They were like flagellant models with a lot of Mechanicum bits, as well as some weapons and arms from like other manufacturers that have lying around, like Victoria Miniatures had like the AK-47 and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they're total like box shenanigans, had. like they're pieces from everywhere, but they're looking pretty cool. They're kind of like a Fallout-style, like, technology cult sort of a thing with... The grunts will be really low-tech, and some of the higher-end guys will be, like, more 40K-style, like the like the pure Mechanicum without all the other like, Empire flagellant rags and stuff. Jay mentioned I posted a picture of some of my uh, Castellans, and Jay mentioned that he was going to use some of them for uh, This Is Not a Test, and I started cool. looking at a little bit of the rules and the Knights of Dice stuff where they're using... Because they have a, a yeah, line for This Is Not a Test. The aftermath range is, yeah. like approved for this is not a did test you, sort of a thing. Did you build your aftermath building yet? No. no it's, the the sub, one, it's at the uh, sub-assembly phase. That's the one I really want to see built. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll get there. My point is, is I, I actually am kind of interested in that game because it's it's got that Borderlands kind of aesthetic with a little bit... Yeah, it's a fairly generic 
yeah. um, post-apocalyptic setting. So you could make it Mad Max. You could make it. Well, I was going to say it's you toned make it down from Borderlands. Like it's not as as crazy. Like Borderlands is a little out there, which is kind Quite of comical and fun. <laughs> this is a little more. I don't know. I want to say grounded. <laughs> well, and I think you, with a game like this, where it's a little bit more generic, and they don't have any official models yet, so yeah. you, you really you could play with an army of mutant chickens, like a certain Jay Griffiths that we know. <laughs> also, and I sent. Is him that a, actually what he's playing? I haven't yes, seen that. his army is mutant chickens. Jay, you're the best. Right, like M16s. Oh Can you god. send us the link to where you found those models if they're still available for purchase? <gasps> oh my god, I could play an army of mutant elves. Oh, it happened. No! Oh my god! No! Dude, come on! <laughs> you just bought four, right? I, they were, t- like, they were two pounds each. I can buy more. Oh, man. You, don't do that. Like, cyborgs, they're like... <laughs> no, okay. And you know what the worst part is? I gotta ask you now, what were you working on this week? <laughs> um, I was working on a competition piece for Lock and Load a nice. little bit more that I don't want to get into too much detail on, so... Oh, is it, like, Hush Up... Hush Up? <laughs> hush Hush? That's what I was trying beer, to say. Steve. I should have another beer. I just... I, you'll see when it's done. Really? Yeah. Not even the podcast gets to see it, hey? Yeah. Wow. We'll tell you why after. Because most of us remember why. Yep. I just don't want to say there, Yeah. I can't remember if you were here for that conversation. He wasn't, because it was... But, uh, I think he was away. Yeah, he was in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like double secret probation level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Okay, well... I'll, I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. Special it's special actually special. not that big of a deal. I just don't really want to talk about it for one reason. Yeah, Listen, he doesn't want to talk about it. Just let it go. Okay. But God, hobbying did happen. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little confused, but okay. As always. Uh, okay, well, uh, as far as shut up and take my money, because I guess we've all talked about hobby stuff, let's go completely off the rails. Start with Ward. All right, so I got two uh, that I'm going to probably give my money to here right away. Uh, GW is releasing new... Uh, kits for terrain so they're releasing um some cargo containers uh like every other pretty much manufacturer except theirs are premium and the most expensive it is true (laughs) do they look Uh, that much better uh yeah they've got like lots of extra doodads on the outside um and and they do come with the ammo crates and fuel barrels and stuff too like it's not a terrible deal it's a little more expensive than the initial rumors so well, when you compare them to an infinite or a, a frontline gaming crate that's five bucks US or seven, seven. bucks or what it was, um, versus the yeah, forty. When it, when it was per? when no, uh, you two. the set is sixty. The, the initial thought was okay. forty, and that's what we thought. We thought the price point was pretty similar because me and Dan were talking about it. So you would get three crates and a bunch of the barrels and crates. Uh, for the forty dollars we thought, but it ends up being sixty Canadian. So yeah, the rumor was initially thirty three US, and it's actually they are 50. they are not just a full on square MDF box. Like they do have some shape there's to an, them. There's they, an interior, interior, interior detail. detail. Interior detail so. Like you you are getting a premium crate, <laughs> which is a little <laughs> weird. And they're actually uh, a fortification for forty k, so they have rules. Yes, and I know I read the rules, and I and absolutely I think laughed. If you're that guy that is having a collection for their own personal gaming table. It's probably a better choice. Well, they're finally line of sight blocking terrain. Well, and it's it's one of those things, too, where if you only need three, 60 bucks for high-quality three is not bad. If you're going to be running a tournament where you want a whole bunch of crates to kind of fill out scenery, 
you're probably going to go front. Yeah, you're priced yeah. out a little yeah. bit there. Well, that's entirely the point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's why I want to kind of see them in person, too, to see how they measure up on scale compared to the ITC crates. Because, again, the ITC crates are going to be a little bit more diverse, again, for tournament-style play. I've got 10 of them already. And, and there's definitely no more. skulls in the ITC ones. No, it's just bare yeah, I don't think there's any skulls in this colors. one, either. I would be surprised. But uh, I'm actually almost positive, because I kind of laughed that they were, like, realistic-looking uh Crates. You open up the inside, it's just like skulls. Just fucking skulls everywhere. Has anybody else looked at the rules? I no, saw them and promptly the forgot most of them. Okay, so one of the results is you can... So you, you basically... They're, they're a random result when you... Uh, yeah, like the like the random objectives, right? Yeah, like totally. You very similar. You roll the chart, and it's almost identical to the chart. Like a two yeah. is nothing. A one is bad for you. It's like contains a Xenos beast that will like destroy your unit. Uh, but I think one of the results, I can't remember, if it was, I think it was a three. It's filled with Imperial Infantryman's primers. Yeah, and you get plus one leadership for Imperial forces <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I actually Pretty had, awesome. to, I had to giggle about. Because if anybody has read the Imperial Infantryman's primer... Yup. Yep. You have not? No, I have. Oh, you have. Yeah. Okay, you went... Of course I have. It's the greatest thing ever. It's probably one of the best things GW has ever done. So, <laughs> Which version do you have? I have the Damocles. That's the one I've got, too. Yeah. That's the blue one, right? Yeah, I got yeah, the, it has the, the taped in taped yeah. in tau section. Yeah, yeah it also has the has the uh, the psychers or for the officers only, which is just the page flipped upside down. <laughs> I, I would actually like to say though that the uh, the witch hunter's guide is almost as good. Oh really? Yeah. I, I've actually never read that one. It's basically like whereas the, the imperial guards one is like do this or die. This one's just like if do then kill. Like it's <laughs> I like it's that. quite good. Okay. Uh, the second portion of my shut up and take my money is more Knights of Dice, actually. So yeah, they are releasing um, more kits in June. So they are going to have a waterfront carnival. Oh, that'd be cool. So they have like the ski ball machine and like bumper cars and shit, duck hunt, that sort of thing. So oh, you sent me a picture of the duck hunt wheel. Yeah, because they were doing those three D printed bumper cars a while ago as like a test print because they have a three D printer as well. So interesting, interesting. They might get into the resin production again. And then uh, I believe also in June they were releasing some gothic terrain. So yeah, for, that's actually a tabula rasa range where it's like 40k gothic scenery. Interesting. I'll okay. show you some pictures yeah. of that too. Okay. So cool, Mike. Uh, just one thing. Actually, I just really want to get the the lava map from uh, Frontline Gaming. I think it's. Oh yeah, it's actually really cool. Yeah. Have I you seen it like in person? It. Yes. I've I not have. seen it in person. It's very vivid. Oh, does Todd have it? Yeah, and they have one out at Red Claw, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, nice. it's from the pictures that I've seen online. They're actually really, really cool. Like, it's pretty striking. Nice. Yeah. Dan, how about you? I'm trying to think of anything new. I've been... I don't know. I picked up Silver Tower. <gasps> so that's already... They already got my money. And I got my sweet flying cast captain out of the deal. Did you pick it up right after Friday? I we were playing? With, First uh, Saturday. Well, Saturday morning. Oh, nice. I was so planning to anyway. You literally just full-on went and shut up and take my money. That was the plan. That was the plan all along, to get the free Captain Santos. Did not know he would be fine cast in advance. And also doesn't have points though, To be fair, though, he is actually the best, the cleanest cast, fine cast model that I own. So he was, in fact, finally cast? Reasonably. He only had a couple (laughs) of Swiss cheesy areas. (laughs) Only a few gross blemishes. I've seen only the online, because I didn't pick him up. He has turbo legs. As a side note. What do you mean? Like, his he, legs are, like, way too big for his torso. Well, he's an entire resculpt of the old captain that I had. The, the old same. torso was actually reasonably proportioned. He, well, it was still one of the old Space Marines where they have long legs. Then, they had, like, the, the cape. Like, that was pretty standard, sort of. But it, it is a lot more pronounced, I think, than really? the old ones. Like, the backpack on that model is awesome. The power fist arm is awesome. It has a nice... Uh, it has two heads. 
the super generic helmet and a bear head with like a mohawk thing. Oh, I didn't realize it, was, it had multiple heads because I always really liked that old Space Marine captain where he's got the bolter outstretched, the normal like, Yeah, it's a nice classic model. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. I don't know why his legs are just so big on this model, but uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it is reasonably it was reasonably well cast. It's a nice model. It's not all deformy like some of the other worst examples of the fine cast. It's, gotcha. be, it's because Captain Santos doesn't skip leg day. There's that too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, does he, does he actually come? I want to know this. Does he come with rules in the actual? Yes, his rules are he has he's a captain with a bolter and a power fist, and when you're using when he's an ultramarines captain. Is it true that he does not have a points cost? Yes, it is oh, like the, it's like the um, you know yeah. the, the rules that come in the assembly instructions for like the like the admac units where it's kind of yeah, like yeah, half yeah. the rules. It's that style, and his warlord trader special rule or whatever it is says um, when you're using the ultramarines um, doctrines or whatever they can do mm-hmm. the tactical ability twice. twice per game. Yeah, that's literally like all it says. No points costs. It's a very stripped down version of the rules, so it's not like. Because the box even playable the, where you know what you're doing with it, like it's not the so same style even of rules. The 30th, uh, as the anniversary marine, the not marine, he had like he replaces one regular marine in your army. That yeah. was it. Like it was just straight up, which is really fun because this leads me to believe that Age of Grimdark is going to be a thing. I I actually disagree though because remember they just uh, released that they're going to have three different ways to play Age of Sigmar: one with points values for tournament play, one with uh, like friendly play, and one with uh, narrative play. Uh, so they. The other issue with him might have been they didn't want to make him be, like, actually full-on playable because he was only released in North America. Well, fair enough, okay. So if there was literally no way to get those rules outside of North America without just, you know, downloading it or whatever, it would have caused more issues in the Anniversary Marine because the Anniversary Marine was actually available in all countries that have GWs. Well, the Anniversary Marine apparently may not be tournament legal for certain systems now. They were, I, I thought it would have been. Hmm. Uh, apparently that's not the consensus. So. Fair enough. Anyways. But yeah, so I think it may have been just a conscious decision not to make him, not even be in the conversation for tournament legal. Hmm. Gotcha. But either way, it had the stripped down rules, which was kind of weird to see, but yeah, I think at least I, he was free. I like that. <laughs> I actually hope that he is not available, and I hope that GW takes a little more of a serious approach with their their rule set and makes it a little more fair. Because having alternate art or alternate pose or whatever is one thing, but... Alternate limited rules. edition rules are yeah. a problem. Yeah, like yeah, I agree. those, oh, you buy this thousand dollar bundle online and you get a free data sheet that lets you have exalted court of house Terran. Holy shit, that's good. Or the uh, <laughs> Skyhammer Annihilation Force, like all that stuff that came out. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. Anyways. So that's that's luckily not a thing. Yep. Yeah, cool, Tom. I'm looking at paint racks. Are you? I mean, you always are looking at racks. Let's yeah. be honest here. That's what the internet's for. It's really good, especially uh, Australian internet. <laughs> okay. What, what are we talking about again? Paint racks. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I was actually looking at the Back to Basics, the rack. Um, it's a fully modular paint rack system. Uh, you can get it either MDF or acrylic. And I think John Long has one. I think so. And in the acrylic, you can fully customize the colors of the acrylic. Hmm. So hmm. I might be getting myself a green and purple paint rack. That... That will be unique. That will be unique and <laughs> against most people's better sense of judgment, but that's okay. Dude, I've got a fucking elf tattoo. I, I know. <laughs> I don't have better judgment. I can vouch for that. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, can, I, can I start yapping about my stuff? Well, I just want to kind of quickly say about them. They, the really nice thing about it is that they've got uh, both straights, sides. Um, you can do 
um, either like a 45 or like, a, yeah, kind a 45 curve, or the 90 curves. Um, so, so you can, you can really up. customize them for your desk setup. Mm. And they do also have different um, hole sizes for either the P3 style, G-Dub style, um, or the dropper. Depending on how girthy you are. Okay, well, yeah, how girthy your paints may be. Sure. <laughs> Way to ruin it by specifying. I just wanted to make sure that you know all the kids listening to this podcast are not offended. That's a very Dude, valid concern. Day one, <laughs> we're not appropriate for children. Yes, it's true. Uh, if kids are listening to this podcast, stop. Right now, print it off, go to bed. You're probably better off in the gorilla exhibit. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that was pretty crazy, hey? Damn. I went there. <laughs> I, I agree with the zookeepers, just going to say that. Um, anyways, can I talk about my stuff now? It seems like you're not going to let us not let you talk about your stuff. Are you going to talk about your doorbell? No, not at all. Okay. Oh, oh that's that's if you did, I was going to break this beer bottle over your head. <laughs> okay, well, I got a new doorbell that I can watch people from the street through the internet. It's pretty sweet. But that's not what I was talking about. Uh, I was uh, going to say that I was looking at some of the Knights of Dice stuff. I was going to pick up the um, Crazy Tall building that you have, because I like that as a centerpiece. Yes, yes. But I just saw at about 4 o'clock today on Facebook that uh, one of my friends has got custom 40K templates that are not just like oh, they're a little different in custom. Like, they are fucking crazy. They've got, he's got this Eldar rune blast template that has a full-on etched-in Farseer with, like, a whole bunch of Eldar runes and, like, the edges are cut in and it's insanely cool. And I don't know who makes these. I'm I know not Green Man used to, but their website is currently down while they're fulfilling the Kickstarter. He bought it from Green Man. Oh. Ah! At, I want those. At LV, he was at LVO and he ordered it. I didn't know you could get those at LVO, and I was there. Yeah. Really? It's true. <laughs> Damn it. Just wait till the next LVO. Just wait until I get my Kickstarter shit, and then you can have them. Uh, they are so cool. I really, really like them, especially from Eldar. Wait, wait, wait. Which Kickstarter stuff? Yeah, which one has the X-Wing? The X- the X- Not the one of, one of the many oh, ones okay. that will never come. Yeah, I the, had X- to give the, X- the X-Wing stuff, that apparently... Dan, if you still don't have it, by next LVO... Call ahead and he'll make sure it's at LVO for pickup. Yeah, I can. Oh, for Greenman? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can pick it up. <laughs> if it's another full on year before I get it, I'll be pretty upset. Uh, and he'll probably be long bankrupt by then. <laughs> to be fair, it'll only be 10 months from now, but yeah. Yeah. You should come. Get him in person. Play some Battle Sack. Yeah, actually. That's totally a thing. Mm-hmm. No, that is. It's true. I'm not, we're not kidding. I, I'm aware. I saw the picture. Okay. Anyways, point I is, Battle Tech. Point is, I really want those templates and I don't know how I'm going to get them, but I'm going to find a way because they're so sweet. <laughs> so that's me. And that covers Shut Up and Take My Money. So we, we went on. really out of order. That was weird for us. It was. I don't, I'm not really sure. We did jumped, everybody? We jumped all over the place. We did. It was just not organized at all. Like tightening a tire. Like that. It wasn't in the full star pattern. No, it, no, was. it wasn't. It wasn't. We <laughs> applied inappropriate torque and we probably bent our wheel. <laughs> oh my god, okay, let's just move forward. So, On that note. Yeah. Um, god damn it, wow. So, one of the trends <laughs> that you've I've kind of been seeing around a little bit more, and, I, and all you guys have been noticing this, is that there's more billboards used in scenery. Yes, lots of different game companies and uh, train manufacturers have been releasing different... Um, uh, MDF versions or plastic versions of billboards to use in your games, and a lot of them are. The main focus is for it to be a line of sight blocking piece of terrain that's relatively inexpensive. Um, so the few that we've seen, uh, ITC just released their uh, billboard. Which is kind of what sparked the conversation because that's a big one. Yeah, uh, me and Dan, we both ordered the billboard from Knights of Dice. Nice. 
Um, so there's that one. Um, and then we've also got a lot of Infinity has been doing uh, some of their terrain. And most of those are actually like see-through billboards that yes. already come with uh, quite detailed acrylic. Uh, and then the last company that I just saw uh, doing billboards is actually Night Models with their Batman game. Yep, really? Yeah, so there's like Vicky Vale, like the radio talk show billboards and that sort That's of thing as well. Cool. Hmm. So... If I knew anything about DC characters, that would have been relevant to my interest. Didn't you ever see the first Batman with Vicky Vale? Which which actor was it? Kim Basinger? Kim Basinger. Yeah. Okay, I just didn't know her name. Okay. But, <laughs> I just don't care. You just knew I don't care about DC. Fair, fair uh, enough. Martha! <laughs> have you seen it yet? It's so bad. You <laughs> did see it. Yes. Oh I do want to say also one other company it's that so uh, is interesting to look at is Custom Meeple. Uh, does some infinity billboards. They're kind of billboards. They're like the banner pole type things that go for the sides of buildings. So they, okay. they just make, instead of having a flat side of building, you get like the hanging banner. Like, um, anyways, that's not quite a banner, but I want to talk about that. I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the styles here right now are the ones that almost look like they go on top of a building. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of companies, mm-hmm. I think that this is the best way to do the billboard. Personally, I don't think billboards necessarily on the ground look aesthetically pleasing. They don't make any sense. Yeah, right, exactly. Like you can yeah, still they, see underneath the billboard. They don't make any anything. sense, but they from like a, a full on uh, actual city or advertising perspective. But the first time that I saw billboards used uh, extensively on a gaming surface was actually at LVO three years ago, and they used all of, like, their uh, their custom art that they did for, like, the Eldar faction, the Space Marine faction, and it was all done by uh, Go Boy, Thomas, Reedy, if anybody's familiar, um, and they did them flat to the ground because they didn't, they had, they had to do 100 tables with a line of sight blocker in the middle of the table. Uh, that's tough to do, so they just literally put a piece of, I don't know, half centimeter uh, foam core board uh-huh. with the art on it. And that's the first time I've actually seen it used in bulk. These new ones, like the one you're looking at, are way fancier. And I think they're more of almost like a garnish piece than an actual, uh, like, full-on just tactical gaming piece. But the new ITC ones, you can see underneath it, right? And that's different. That's a departure from what they've done in the past. Right? It's not a total line-of-sight blocking piece of terrain. And And I know, like, talking to, like, the guys locally, like, that's why they wanted to make billboards and do that foam core style. And then ITC released this. Which kind of goes against that blocking of uh, the middle of the board, like you wanted it to do. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I still think that depending on how you do these billboards, like if you do like a flower planter at the bottom, like you grab some of the uh, um, uh, why can't I think of the Micro Art Studios? Uh, like they have the bus stop benches and flower planters, and you throw a couple of those at the bottom. Let's nice have some as well. No yeah. the companies do like a lot of the scatter train stuff. Even like the GW crates have the uh, the fuel reserves or whatever you threw that around there bam this line of sight blocking game and it looks way better than what they had for the first LDO um, like I, I like these I think they're a much better way to go frankly because they they just look like something you would actually have in a city and Dan you were talking about a different um, way to do like the complete line of, line of sight blocking as well right for the bottoms yeah there's um, I think if you use a little bit of creative plastic card you can um you can really get an interesting texture. Like one of the ways I was looking at doing it was um, I have some texture where it's kind of like that ribbed corrugated iron effect where it's just sheets of it. Mm-hmm. I was originally thinking just cut that out and stick it behind there so it looks like someone kind of fortified it to make like a fallout style little 
like a little just enclosed off area where you can have like a little sleeping bag or something in there. But I've actually found as well something that um, it is from Zinge Industries, where they're a small mm. UK manufacturer. Yep. yep. And they actually have a number of products where it's actually designed to be like a heat malleable resin. So they have like uh, barrels that you can actually like put them in hot water and then crush them. But oh. they also have one where it's sheets of corrugated iron. Like I think they're like three by five inch sheets and you get like three or four in a pack. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing where you can just put them in hot water and actually kind of like bend them into shape and kind of have them like all warped and distorted. The hmm. nice thing is they're textured on both sides, I believe. Hmm. Whereas that plastic card sheeting that I have is only textured oh, yeah. on one side. Yeah. So I was thinking I that could be really cool and just, yeah, build up. So kind of make it look like somebody actually kind of jury rigged up like their own little, um, little shelter sort of a thing to block the line of sight across the bottom. Yeah. And I think that would be a really cool look for that um, aftermath fallout style terrain. So yeah. I'm probably going to put in a small order to Zinge Industries at some point. Yeah, like the, the billboard side of things for 40K I think is hugely useful. Um, it, it's just such, a, especially for tournament play, I should say, not on your necessarily your own personal table, but as a tournament organizer ward, like carrying around billboards for uh, throwing down as your main line of sight blocker is a lot lighter. It's a lot easier. You can fit than just gigantic tub. buildings. Yeah, and as much as your gigantic buildings look awesome, <laughs> don't get me wrong. This is this makes a little more sense for for really really big tournaments, right? Yeah, if you're if you're looking to basically be able to do a lot of like that line of sight blocking terrain, like the billboards is a no brainer. Yeah. Uh, it's just the new style. I think is I mean it, the new style is more expensive as well. Yeah. Because uh, you said it was just the foam core before, so like I was prepared this summer to basically build a whole bunch of different uh, foam core style ones but then these came out too so I'm just like oh do I go with more billboards or I don't know which one would take longer to build frankly I don't know right (laughs) like doing it totally from scratch with like uh, you know wooden dowels to hold the foam core and like an actual uh, just I guess you'd have to flock or sand the bases around them or whatever you're going to do versus just snapping together MDF it probably is a you're not really saving any time either way but you're saving a lot of money going the homemade road yeah yeah, for right. Sure. A sheet of foam core. You go to the dollar store and you can cut. But these do so, look like, way better. Yeah, and then on top of that, you take your new buildings you've got and you throw them on top as like an act, like how you would actually see a building or a billboard, like way up mounted somewhere where it's quite high in the air on like a near a freeway or a road or something. Mm-hmm. So you put that on top of a building, and that building suddenly goes from like centerpiece to actually just like jaw dropping you know what I mean like that looks really cool especially if you start getting even crazier and dropping in some of the uh, LED lighting effects and that kind of thing because a lot of these billboards actually have like the lower um, jutting out light effects you know what I'm talking about yeah the little lamps or whatever yeah you can make these things look insane Uh, not so much game effective anymore but just it adds that extra bit to the table so it'd be almost in a lot of ways better for like a display board for building your army around rather than actually playing on the tabletop I yeah I, I think you're you're right. Uh, it's gone from like the effect of just line sight blocker to almost like a garnish. If that makes sense. Yeah, more aesthetic than functional. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong. And it got more expensive. It's an Apple product. <laughs> <laughs> more aesthetic than functional. Just, like just need like brushed steel on the back or something. I and could do that. aluminum, I guess technically. You could totally do that. I would say the most um, useful one would be the Infinity ones, though. Actually. Uh, their billboards are fully enclosed on the bottom. Yes, they do mount flush to the to the ground, so they will be line of sight blocking. Which which is nice. Even if they're clear, they still block line of sight in the game. I have stolen mics 
<laughs> pretty yeah. pretty much. They they are smaller, but again, you're not you're not uh, playing actually, with like tanks or big like. Titans you know what? They're actually stuff. fine for 40k until you move into knights and wraith knights and stuff like that. Like you can still almost hide like a, a wraith lord behind it. Mm-hmm. So this would have been fine for 40k up until fourth or fifth. Well, dead. that being said, you don't want everything to block a wraith knight either. No, but you, like, you, you probably you, want one piece on the board. Yeah, but it seems like a lot of those smaller billboards are more of that kind of scatter terrain. Yes, yes. So you're yes. not just playing with four or five big buildings and a whole bunch of roads. So you can uh, kind of mix that in a little bit. I agree. I, I think that's totally fine, and you're, you're, you're right. And I actually like these a huge amount. I'm, I'm really a, a big fan of the Infinity ones. Mm-hmm. I think they're really cool looking. The fact that they're like that translucent um, plastic, but then they've also got like a full-on um, silk screened on um, ad, and the ads are cool. Like the Mototronica one is sweet, like where it's actually advertising for the drones you can get on different yep. factions. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, it oh look, I'm looking there, at it right now. Uh, so. There's my billboard. It's really <laughs> cool. I have not given them back to Mike because I like them a lot. So I'm stealing them. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> no, you're not. No, I'm not at all. Because, I, like I said, I really like them. So if you are going to be using billboards for tournament terrain, what do you guys like? Do you prefer having kind of themed to the environment or like the actual world that you're playing on or do you like the idea of those kind of more tournament branded billboards of if you're at onslaught you're getting kind of onslaught billboards or lvo you're getting more lvo billboards oh i i have to say that i i I kind of understand where the to is coming from like i would rather have the billboards be uh like we play miniature games because we like the look of the miniatures and the tabletops and make it immersive kind of make it immersive exactly it's totally right so i don't know if i'm a huge fan of just like the straight up line of sight blockers add on the table like they're useful but i really like the new style where they actually have uh something that looks like it would exist in the real world now if you can make that work where it's an actual line of sight blocker great i think that's the way to go uh especially when you start throwing ads on them like when you have like frontline gaming you know or in table war or whatever across it for the lvo or let's say a hobby night in Canada billboard. That's really, really cool. Um, but when they just are straight up MDF and the flat, uh, just the toothpicks basically holding it up into a piece of uh, foam core on the bottom with a little bit of flock or whatever, it's not my favorite. I'm not really into it. What do you guys think? For me, I like the immersiveness better yeah. than the functionality. How's that? I actually, I think I really do like the... The event-specific ones, but I get, they have to be done right, like you're saying, right? Where if you're just having <clears throat> this big black, let's say you're doing Onslaught, big black billboard with the white Onslaught logo, mm-hmm. might look kind of wonky, but if you did it up and kind of, I think the way, fuck it, mash it with weathering pigments, and I think it would look good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, yeah, but we've talked about this before. Weathering pigments fix all. But that's, just, that's what I'm saying, right? If you're going to do it and you yeah. want to have it relatively simple, yeah. you mash on the weathering pigments, it's not going to be as stark. Just I printed this off of onto printer paper, right? It, yeah. it kind of ties it back into the atmosphere a little bit, makes it look a little bit worn. I think that would look really good, actually. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that helps. The nice thing with the MDF ones for like ITC or, or uh, Knights of Dice is you can get the dimensions and basically print off that exact size as well for your billboard. So it looks a little bit more professional as well. And then again, you, painting towards the uh, aesthetic that you're putting the billboard in. Yeah, the ITC is actually, uh, or Frontline, I should say, has a section on their website for fan-submitted art. So they have a bunch of like approved and measured, uh, I guess, 
printable billboards that you can throw on. Are them. they for the new billboards or are they new billboards? The old ones? Okay, new billboards. Okay. They announced That's it on cool. their podcast and they're supposed to have them up uh, by the time this podcast is up on the intertubes if not before then. So they have all of their existing current artwork that, again, Thomas Reedy did for them, as well as fan-submitted stuff. So you'll be able to, if you're not the best with Photoshop or figuring out what you want on your billboard, you'll have a, se- a selection of pre-made awesome art to pick from. Gotcha. Which is really cool. The idea that I really liked was from Dan, actually, and... Yeah, I started um, intensively Googling, trying to find high-res billboard assets this from This is a word Follow. that you're always intensively Googling. Oh, so much intense Googling. <laughs> but you now I want to see his goatsy Google history. It is, it it is, is intense. intense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fallout, you did mention Fallout and... Yeah, because there's yeah. there's a lot of that really cool artwork, like uh, like New Coca Cola billboards, yeah. or like some of the yeah. like the cars, and there's just there's all kinds of billboards in various stages of like decomposition from the game assets. Yeah, and a number of people have um, either extracted those in high res format or kind of retouched them themselves to make them look more. Well, or less Fallout weathered. is one of the most atmospheric and distinct visual sets for a video game that I've ever seen. Like Absolutely. they have. And I know exactly what you're talking about. There's one billboard that I really like. That it's a sniper perch, I think it is. In oh, where the hell was it in uh, Borderlands 2? It's right near the oil well. You know where the pig gets shot up into the into the air. You know what I'm talking about? There's one Wait, quest. Which no. game we're talking about now? Borderlands 2. Borderlands 2. Borderlands 2 is what I was talking about. Sorry, okay. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, there's a billboard there. I'm getting completely confused. But there's also a billboard on Diamond Town, right? Diamond City. Oh, okay. Uh, and back to follow. Back to follow <laughs> one there. But the one that I was thinking of was actually from Borderlands. There's that oil derrick, and they have that crazy billboard. I the, there's a it. handful of them in various Borderlands games, like even just the like destroyed, like Welcome to Pandora signs. Yes. Yeah, like there's there's mm, it's a that okay, post-apocalyptic yeah. aesthetic is so good because you get that mix of like real world commercial bullshit, but it's like annihilated and falling apart, and with fake companies. Like yes. It's just a really neat look, and there are actually some of these art assets out there. Yeah. So, you, and a lot of them have been uploaded to like DeviantArt and everything, as people are again recreating the art assets from the game like by hand, just for something fun to do. And and apparently those games run together quite well. So pick both, and you'll probably be okay. Yeah, similar color <laughs> yeah. palette, so yeah, it would work. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So that is yeah, that's definitely what I'll be doing is printing off uh, a number of those. I just got to figure out the exact dimensions and resolutions and all the other stuff and I've got a few of the files saved and ready to go so so it sounds like you're gonna have a bunch ready to go for onslaught hopefully is the game plan so now I just gotta choose if I'm gonna go the MDF route or if I'm gonna try to make something that looks okay you know what I'd maybe recommend where you're at right now if you can whip one up quickly like do them quick get them like get them done and you can replace them with more of the MDF ones over time, right? Like, yeah, it's not like they true. cost much dollar wise, so yeah, yeah. So, so we'll have to see. And then you can also do a bunch of hobby night ones. Yeah, can do that. <laughs> yeah. So shameless self promotion. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, lots of billboards, uh, lots of options for the gamer uh, or tournament organizer if they want to uh, go that route, and they make good uh, line of sight blocking terrain for the most part. Yeah, I don't think we need to do a full puck rating on all of them, but I'm going to say billboards in general are five pucks because no matter whether or not you're buying an MDF one or you're making your own. It's useful, they look cool, they make your game a little more immersive, 
and they're super customizable for yep. what you like. And I do think really... I do think scatter train is the most underutilized type of train. People worry about the buildings and the big stuff, but having these little things to bridge the gap makes it it goes a long way. Well, yeah, those billboards become like functional line of sight blockers, and then when you finally have the big buildings and the stuff that actually sort of takes up the space in the battlefield, they become the scatter terrain. So I think they're they're useful. They're not just like a little barrel that really doesn't do anything, but kind of adds to that feel. They're useful, and then you can still continue using them for at the top of a building or whatever else you're doing. I think they're they're probably one of the best pieces of terrain you can invest in. So Steve gave it a five. Yep, I'm going to give it a four. Because it's a garnish still to me. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to go with a four as well, because most styles right now, I find that there's meant to be placed directly on the tabletop, and you can still see underneath quite a few of the styles. So if they had something that was... So a that's a four more. more for the execution of the companies making them, than less less so than the idea. Yes, okay. correct. Yeah, I'm going to say a three overall, just because, again, you do need to do a lot of the modification to make them fully line of sight blocking, which is where they're at their best. So, yeah, I'm going to say three. And I'm going to go for a two. Um, wow. <clears throat> kind of full spread here almost. Not quite. Largely because I think that as far as, if you're talking about that kind of works anywhere and everywhere kind of universal tournament scenery, which I think really what we're kind of getting at for the billboards here, right? Yeah. Well, I th- my point is, is they start that way and you can continue using them forever as a garnish. Yeah. Usually. Whereas I, I kind of feel, and maybe it's just the games that I play, like more of your Malifaux War Machine kind of thing. For me, that always useful piece is a crate. Like the small crates, you can okay. stack them up. Like, well, that's that. that's because of your game. I see. I would see a crate as a two, because yeah, sure. they don't do anything. <laughs> like they're not. But, so, yeah, and the I other thing too is that I think a table or like every second or third table with a billboard on it looks really great. Every table in, at a tournament with a billboard looks really fucking weird. But what happens if you were at a tournament where every table had a billboard and? you're guaranteed to pretty much play on one table through the tournament that has something that's your army specific. Like, you get there and there's, like, a sweet Eldar billboard or a dwarf or whatever you're doing. Like, that's that's actually really cool. Like, a little First off, shout out squads to don't exist anymore. <laughs> okay, well, let's say you're playing Age of Sigmar and you're playing some Fire Slayers. Like, that's Where cool. the fuck are the billboards going to be for Age of Sigmar? Like, why? That okay, doesn't make sense. It, don't ask make sense and and Age of Sigmar in the same sentence. Like, don't bring that up because it doesn't make sense. Like, that's the entire point I think point it makes enough sense that there wouldn't be billboards. You can have as many realms as you want, and maybe one realm is all billboards all the time. <laughs> the okay? marketing realm? The marketing realm. <laughs> that is GW's thing, so they might have a marketing realm. So uh, don't, no, no, no. I feel don't like the bring marketing realm would be illegal to go anywhere near unless you were... It's only for the playtesters. Like, the general population has no control over the marketing realm. Okay, sure, whatever. My point is, is if you have that sort of like, it's on every table that needs a line of sight blocker, and it makes sense. Like, you don't throw a billboard on. Yeah, you're right. You don't throw a billboard on Age of Sigmar with like lights and industrial looking shit, because that makes no sense. Or like in the middle of an X Wing table. Yeah, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> and I, I guess for me, I just think that they're. I think they're a little bit more limited, for me, anyways. Aesthetically, I don't love them in any kind of large quantity. Really? And I feel, especially the ones that I saw for ITC. And I've seen billboards used at a few tournaments as kind of like, these are our big line of sight blockers. And to me, it looks fucking weird when the billboards are bigger and line of sight blockier than the buildings they're beside. Okay, what, what we, tournament were you at? I agree with that, for sure. So. Were, were you at the same Las Vegas Open? Because they had their own buildings that they had released by that point. No, no, that, that that's massive. true. But I've also seen them I've seen them at a few other local events okay. with some billboards. And sure. they... <sighs> I think... 
I'm just surprised, and I think you're wrong with the two. I might be overzealous with a five because I like flashy advertising kind of stuff, but a two? Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's your opinion. You're entitled to it. I think, Moving on. I think they're pretty limited. <laughs> I think they're cool, but really limited. Okay. So. That's fair. I'll give you that. Limited for 40k infinity battle. No, no, not for game systems. <laughs> for how, for like how many you can use, for where you can use them, like on the table, regardless of like not talking about the games. I, but again, I agree. Right? Every every table looks a little bit. What weird if you're it, so. What if you're at Market Town, where it's all billboards all the time? This then makes then fucking sense. play in Market Town and have fun <laughs> and do your thing. I have to admit, and if you're playing Infinity, and, and okay, if you walk down New York like Times Square. It's all billboards. It may not be line of sight blocking. They're all in the but they're sky all attached, attached to, buildings. to buildings. But Tom's also saying that like not every table needs to be sure. Times Square. And yeah. I, I I would just caution against this like judicious use of them. But tell me that isn't cool. The Infinity billboards where they actually have sweet ads that are holographic. No, they look great. Yeah. But but a two here, no. But here's the difference. Those <laughs> Infinity ones that obviously everyone out there can see right now. Yeah. Are small. They are tasteful, but when you're talking about incorporating into 40k for a large yeah, line of sight yeah. blocking stuff, that's true. You're right. Like, 40k. So the function you're, right. you're wanting it to serve doesn't really make sense with the size that it should be, or the location that it should be, or how it's oriented on the board. So you'd like them more in a skirmish game, a sci-fi skirmish game kind of thing. I'd like them more in the right scale. Yeah, like Infinity. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll let, I'll let you have your two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apparently, Steve really fucking loves billboards. I do actually. <laughs> I, think, I think they're really cool. There's the the amount of reward you get for the effort put in is is pretty pretty high for a piece of terrain. And so. that's why I would caution not to make too many of them. Sure, sure. I'll, I'll give you that. A table full of them would look weird. There we go. Okay. All right. Moving on to something that we can all agree on. Mike, what did we do on Friday? Friday, I made you all play Silver Tower except for Dan copped out on us. No, Dan was just running late, and to be fair, we didn't have enough models to play with five anyways. That's well, true. Okay, it's true. <laughs> it's true. So when he did show up, we couldn't let him play with us. No, he no, had to watch from the corner. <laughs> but it's okay, he likes to watch. Oh, but I had okay. a great time. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Apparently we did a bunch of stuff wrong, but we won't tell anybody about that. Okay. What did we do wrong? Oh, you can search for treasure every time there's a respite. What? Uh, what? Yeah, you, you so said we can you loot a lot more. Yes, that's why right. I was upset. I didn't get a lot of treasure. Oh, well, okay. Point is though, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say we all had fun. That's not even going to limb. That's fact. <laughs> so let, let's let Mike talk about the game first. Sure. Okay. Uh, he bought it first. Well, yeah. Sorry, and he's going to paint it for us. I paid yes. first. I made you guys play it. There you go. Yes, I forced you. But you it didn't wasn't force shit. You're just like, want to come play this? And we all said yes. Immediately. Yeah, that's pretty much it. it, it it's, I, you know what? I don't have enough to compare it to the old Hero Quest that it's based on. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, I mean, it's a lot of fun. It, the rules are really easy to pick up fast. Once you get into the hang of it, it's easy. It flows. And, you know, everybody has to help each other, kind of. Yeah, but the, the thing <laughs> I love about it is you can help each other or you can also fuck over each other. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like it's that weird competitive co-op at the same time. Yeah, you kind of don't want to screw everyone over to the point where you get the entire group wiped out. But you, but you want might all the just kills. want to beat one person. No respite. No you respite. might want to be dwarf and be no respite. Yeah. Uh, so, Mike, uh, give us a quick rundown on some of the the key mechanics. Okay, key mechanics are is that everybody can do actions. You get four dice. You roll these dice. 
depending upon how high the number is, is on what kind of action you can do. Low numbers is like move, do this. Higher numbers are like uh, go berserk. Power and, strike. And do, do power an AOE strike. or whatever, yeah. Right? But you get four. But every time you take a wound, you lose one dice and you don't get to use it that turn until you get the wound back. So you could be down to one or zero dice yeah. in a turn. Because you don't die when you take four wounds, like you lose all your, your dice. Yeah. You, you die on the fifth. Yes, which is called a grievous wound. You're taken off the board. You have to wait for a, a respite to come back. On. Which is a lot like uh, if anybody's played Diablo. Like if you have a bunch of people that are questing with you, kind of idea. You, you can die. click and loot your corpse and come back. Yeah, you you come back like <laughs> when when all the bad guys are dead, kind of thing. So you you're never completely out of the game. You just have to wait for everybody. A pause. Yeah, a pause. So you might watch for a couple of rounds. Yep. Which some uh, people apparently are into that. Yep, like you. Uh, <laughs> where you had no choice. Um, the other mechanic that I was going to talk about is, uh, or get you to talk about, is how does so when you spawn bad guys? Yes. Okay. Who moves them? Oh, it, it, everybody gets to take a turn. Whoever has the the token at that turn gets the to chosen. control the cho- the chosen whatever it is. Right. The rune marked. The rune player. mark. There we go. <laughs> Exactly. I didn't even play. Apparently, I was the only one paying attention. <laughs> okay, the, the game's terms are incredibly corny. Yes. Oh my god! And the the descriptions are tongue twisters to say the least. Yes. Oh my god! Yeah. Somebody have fun with a thesaurus. Yeah. It's sure. basically all bad fan fiction. Yeah. It is, oh, which is so much fun to read, by the way. It is very over the top. <laughs> Tom played the part of the narrator, which apparently I'm not sure if that was in the rules, but it seemed like it might have been, where you have to pick a narrator. Is that a thing? Is it a thing? No, it's not. You can do what it is. Oh, you just told Tom. Actually, what it is is the ruined mark player is supposed to read when it's his turn. Oh, but you just took that over. No, no, no. He asked asked who wants to be the narrator. I assumed it was a real rule mechanic. I said yes, and then I got to read, which I will (laughs) tell you this. It is everything you want from (laughs) D&D with none of the bullshit making characters or the effort. It's all the cheesiness, all the killing stuff. You can get kind of like right into the narrative right away without any yeah, real... Yeah, you're forging a hard narrative right from the get-go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's forging it for you. Yeah, I would agree. Like, everything you want from D&D that you never get when you actually play it because it's not actually that good of a game. Well, Ooh. I agree, but I was going to say, don't say that too loudly. <laughs> a lot of people that really like D&D, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I think it's 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 no. exactly it's a it's a condensed version of D anD D. You pick your character that you want to play. I played this the I played the dude with the dog. What's his name? The priest. The priest is it? Is the it a Sigmarite priest? Sigmarite priest. I think it is. He looks like a, a knight temple. Isn't he like the Excelsior war yes, priest or something? Excelsior war priest. He's got a that's sweet name, and he has a dog that kills everything. Except occasionally the dog dies, and you get really sad and pissed off. Yeah, <laughs> we shouldn't have nicknamed the dog your own dog's name. <laughs> yeah, don't kill my dog, man. That's horrible. <laughs> but no, uh, I, I do want to kind of follow this up a little bit. I, most people that like are really into role playing games aren't really into D anD D. They go off into like something else that's more in depth. The rules mechanics are more developed for like actual role playing. Yeah, yeah. D anD D is kind of more kind of for that just roll some dice, kill some monsters, and have a good time. Yeah. And this game just does it better. I would actually agree with you. I think you're right because you can pick a character. There's there's going to be. Or there already is. This is one thing I should mention. Any hero, well, I don't know if it's any, but a good chunk of all the heroes that are in AOS for models, you can actually get 
uh, an app where it lets you have all the rules for that hero. So I like a Skaven Warlord. Well, here you go, Steve, for a dollar thirty-nine or whatever it is. You now have the rules, and you can play a Skaven Warlord or a Grey Seer or a Goblin, whatever you want to call. They do it. a Goblin Shaman. They, do, they don't do a Goblin Big Boss, but whatever. Yeah. But who cares? It's a Goblin Shaman. That's sweet. I know, right? Yeah. Like I'm actually so thinking. Rad. For the like, if we actually start one of these as a campaign, I'm totally gonna play Goblin Shaman. Oh, I'm gonna play a Skaven Grace here because he's gonna run away all. We time. are gonna be the worst. <laughs> oh yeah, the two of us are gonna be the shittiest people to play Shit, with. Like I just run the fuck I'm away. I'm busy that day. I better okay, so at least one of you guys need to tank. Like that's <laughs> yeah. Steve and I are gonna be running around screaming, <laughs> screaming, and throwing the occasional magic like. There'll spell. be so much Muscafear. Oh, so much Muscafear, <laughs> and I'm only only gonna be doing Warpstone snuff in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about doing a Zinch Sorcerer. This is suddenly seeming like a horrible idea. Or the best idea. So all got, magic all the time. <laughs> just a bunch of magic users running through the... That are kind of shitty in combat. So if anything gets close, everybody just scatters. What's another shitty... Uh, can you be a basic skeleton? <laughs> no, no but so you can't have a necromancer that can summon oh. skeletons. Oh! I think this is good. No, I like this. You, I don't know if it comes across uh, the podcast, but we're all we were all super stoked on this. Like the idea. So when we played our game, uh, I played the Excelsior War Priest Ward. You played the Dwarf Fire Slayer, Fire Slayer mm-hmm. which was hilarious because your ability was when you if you killed a guy over a uh, vigor six or whatever. Oh, it was. I was asking the vigor of everybody. You need to have very vigorous enemies. <laughs> he was so vigorous. <laughs> If you had a high vigor enemy that you killed, you got a rune experience. Yeah, and then you got better. But if there was ever respite, it went away. It went away, which worked really well because I was playing a cornate character, <laughs> and if it was as it turns, I go last. There'd be a door right beside me, be like, "Fuck it, blood for the blood god." I have Just only one wound it. left. Let's open this door and see what happens. <laughs> Tons, tons of enemy, but my respite did not leave. You did not have respite, so <laughs> Ward was running that's around also just why we couldn't people. search for treasure. Oh. You yeah, also well, didn't know that that was a rule. We did have a couple of rounds where Tom had to sit out because he opened the door and then immediately got murdered. While Ward hey, to be to fair, I didn't immediately get murdered. I killed one or two things and then got murdered. Yeah, you didn't. Okay, so it was pretty close to immediately murdered. <laughs> Uh, no, it's an awesome board game, and the thing that I like about it too is is you don't need to create like a massive uh, board. Like each time you open a new room, once you're past three existing rooms, yeah, the previous like one that. disappears. disappears. Yeah. Which which is awesome, actually. I was going to mention that too. So you don't need a big, huge, huge like table. four by eight table to yeah. play like a big board game. Like, but a it still gives you enough room that you can play away, dodge into this room. Come back to that room, stuff like that. So you yeah. use tactically, you can still do stuff, but at the same time, like you guys said, you don't need a six foot board to play the game. And every room also has a portal yep. that connects it to other portals. And uh, like within, so once you open up a new room, you you basically get a, a card that says, "This is how you lay out the room. This is yep. where the portal goes." Read this passage out of the the book. Which is always hilarious. The passages are just beyond corny. Like, they're and I ridiculous. think you really have to lean hard into that cheese. You do because you do. it it just it makes it really enjoyable. But it is GW classic cheese where it was awesome. Like that's the thing. It reminds me a little bit of like when I started playing fantasy, where you had the cheesiness that was the Skaven. Like their stories with Thangqual and that kind of stuff was just goofy. Well, the you thing know? for me that was really... I felt so self-aware, because that was the night you had those guys doing all of the like install for your alarm. <laughs> yeah. And so they're walking back and forth, right yeah. by us the whole time. And I feel like 
Like, we're a bunch of grown-ass men, and we're all talking like we're 13 or 14. Oh, yeah. Like, sitting there playing DD, D&D, <laughs> like, reading this ridiculous oh, yeah. narrative. Like, it really ports, and so I was really self-conscious, like, not self-conscious, but really self-aware about it. Of the shitty accent you were using while reading the horrible fanfic. But you, it, it pulls you right into it so quickly. And I should say, all the time that I'm saying horrible fanfic... I fucking loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you did. It was awesome. Uh, I can't stress that enough. So, especially if you vape and then you can blow smoke for effects across the table, <laughs> like Tom oh, was yeah, doing yeah. repeatedly. <laughs> the door opens, revealing a secret chamber. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I, oh man, I. You know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and say this right now. Mm-hmm. I give it a hard five. I'm well, I'm right there with you. It's a five. And the biggest reason for me, not only is the game really fun, but that ability to use most of the the hero models you already have. Yes. So either you can buy a new hero model to play. So it gives you that really like customization value in a very, I would say, uniquely Games Workshop style, where it's you build your model, you paint your model, and then you can play a fucking game with it. Yeah. In the most base sense of how Games Workshop really grabbed a lot of people in. Yeah, back in the day. I agree 100%. It is like the way they have with Mordheim or Necromunda, where you could get like your band going. Like, you know, uh, you had your your war band in in, uh, Mordheim, where you you got your loot, you got your skills, you you upgraded your your particular champion. Like, that was kind of the feel. We should mention that this does happen. You can retain your skills, you can retain your treasures and stuff. You can run it as a campaign. So Ward has the shard. The The shard. shard. The shard. The shard. Which none of us, again, being 13-year-old boys uh, (laughs) while we were doing this, could not stop reading shard as shard, (laughs) uh, which makes it way funnier, I should say. (laughs) If you are playing this game, read it that way in your mind, and you'll giggle. Uh, So Ward got, we all all made it through one level up. Yes, most of us. Yeah, Dan. (laughs) I guess we should say, I would say the only downside of this game is it is only four players if you're just using the models in the box set. Yeah, Yeah, you can make it it five or ten. You can make it as many as you want, but the problem is is the box only enables you to use four players because there's four, say, four blue horrors. So if you want a fifth player and it says uh, put one blue horror for every player, you need a that's the down, that's yeah. the only downfall. But if you have your own models of this already, you're covered. But the other good news, if you spend $360, you're good for up to eight players. Yeah, so the thing that is actually kind of smart about it, though, is if you grab, like, if Dan picks up a box set and you have a box set, mm-hmm. we can all paint heroes and we can all play eight-player games. So yep. the five of us have no problem. Once you've got a friend that has the game, too, you're good. And it should also be mentioned that I will be shocked if these don't show up, like the Zangors or Zengors or whatever they are, Yep, uh, don't show up in uh, an Age, Age of Sigmar, Sigmar. War Scroll. Like they're, they already, they're already they're already in War, War Scroll in the game. It's just they're not available for a separate purchase yet. Yes. That might, oh, who yeah, knows, so that go. might be a thing down the road, just be like a $50 box to get more Zangors. I would probably buy them. I like them. They're really good. They're really cool models. So all do we the, know if this is a limited the, release? All the models in the box that are pretty sweet. To my understanding... It is full on for the next three months. You'll be able to get it. Yeah. After the three months, they will review it. If it's doing well, still they will continue. If it's not, that's when they will start to like, withdraw it from the stores, uh, mail order only type thing, and go from there. But that's exactly what I heard after Calth. And that and I, box is no longer available in stores. And I can't believe that, uh, that no one could tell me that that didn't sell well. There it go- did, but it probably dropped off steep. I think there is more traction to that thing where they're going to release those separate kits for like whatever 50, 60 bucks each. 
but that ridiculously good deal to get you in the door is going away. And supposedly, at the end of the year, they're going to come out with another board game, not a direct sequel, but another Horus Heresy-themed board game with different models. I will say that Calth, like, people were buying Calth strictly for the models for 30k. Yes. I feel like uh, Silver Tower actually stands up Age of Sigmar isn't doing well enough that I feel like people that are picking up Silver Tower might play it for the actual game. And they you know can I mean? sell Age of Sigmar models with it. And also, how do you expand Calf? Like, you you don't have an, a ready-built system for selling that $30 clan, pa- clan pack yester. Yeah. Whereas the Silver Tower has that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's much more well thought out, I think, as for... It's very well monetized with, like, those little yeah. microtransactions of, like... Yeah. I want my rule set for the my game. Statement. The board it's game actually, to me, yeah. seems to mimic some of like the the newer models of like video games. It feels like Diablo. Yeah, like that's a DLC piece. Do you want exactly. that particular necromancer? I think it's there a board. Go. It's a board game where the additional purchases, which again in the app are DLC, but you actually have to go to the store and like buy the clan pack miniature as well. To me, it's just the board game is actually like mimicking a video game yep. like purchase model. Absolutely. I agree. It's, but you know what? I'm not actually mad about it. No, because it's so good. Could you imagine <laughs> if they release one-off character models that they would have never otherwise done for this game? Yeah, it was, I think they're going to. And the, the other thing about this, too, is like what this made me think of is, okay, if Mordheim was as fun as it was and they kind of have this similar sort of style of upgrading your character and having your character that you play yeah. and buy that model, paint it, uh, he gets a cool new sword. Get model him with a new sword. You pick up that thirty dollar blister oh, yeah. again. You throw a sword on him or whatever. If they do this with forty k and can pull it off, where they have the same like, I want to play a shadow seer like for my harlequins. Some dudes running around in the webway or something. Yeah, that is actually oh. a rad way to monetize forty k. And they talked about sort of. I, I well, they didn't talk about it. I think Age of Sigmar was trying to be a little more of an introductory GW game. Like, it's a simpler mechanic, four pages of rule, that kind of thing. This is the introductory game. This is what gets you hooked. And then you start moving into, you know, now I've got enough models to play an Age of Sigmar game, or I've got enough characters that I want to pick up a tactics squad and play 40k. How many guys do you know that got into these games, like, 20, 30 years ago, that got in through Talisman, that got in through Blood Bowl, that got yeah. in through Necromunda? Like, my, my was it called Zog? Gateway? Gateway drug. <laughs> <But> my, <laughs> my particular... Uh, Generation for 40k, I think, was also Dawn of War, which was like you pay your 60 bucks, you get introduced to the lore, you get introduced to the background, and then suddenly people want to actually start playing with the models because they want a little more. I think it was like 10 years after we started playing, Steve. No, it wasn't. I promise you. It maybe, came out maybe like 2002. Com- maybe competitively for you, so. I don't, for, for me, it, it was, was four years after I started playing. It came out 2002. Dawn of War was 2002? Pretty sure. No. Yeah, because they've had Dawn of War 2. No, 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 no. Dawn of War was a long fucking time ago. Hold on, we'll Google it. There we go. <laughs> we'll intensely Google it. Okay, so either way, it was around the 2005 mark, I would say, at the latest. <laughs> September 2004. 2004. Ooh. So that was only six years after I got into it, and I certainly wasn't playing competitive 40K at that point in time. Like, that was when a lot of people started picking it up, and I, I feel like it started taking off. For, was that gateway kind of thing where you could just go, you know, 60 bucks, play your Eldar faction, whatever, right? See, for me, it was, uh, I had a lot of friends that were playing, like, uh, Warhammer full-scale battles, um, but I didn't want to jump in, like, full... Uh, full tilt. Full tilt at that point. Uh, but that's when they released the Mordheim box set. Yeah, and there then, you go. Then we started playing, like, Mordheim games, and I enjoyed that, and I got... 
I have a confession. I actually got at least 20 people to play 40K through Necromunda. Yeah, there you go. Could you imagine? You know, actually, I gotta say, this is the first box set that I think they've released that is so good self-contained. Like, a lot of the other ones up to this point felt like, especially the 40K ones, like they're trying to sell 40K models and kind of make it a board game so that you could. Who here has played Kalth? I know people who silence. Have. You know people who have. It's Apparently, a, it's a it's legend. Good. It's in the 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 you know, corners of the internet. People have played it. I have not. I don't know anybody that has. Uh, how about um, the Death Watch Kill Team? I Execution know. Force. I know. Execution I Force. Sorry, no, but the Death Watch game. I, I, even, I haven't played it. Do, who owns it? I own it. I haven't played it. How about the Assassin game? You I own, own it. that one. I I've, I played it. I've lost. I've seen lots of people sell the Assassin game minus the Assassins. Yes, yeah. everyone just bought it for the assassins, <laughs> and nobody wanted those cultists. Well, like, Chaos this one Lord. is a game that you can't, you can't not play it. It's so good. Who here played Space Hulk when I, it came out? I did. I played it a little bit. I played a little bit. Do you? Did you play it more than once? Yes. Yes. Played more than five times. No. <laughs> I played it once. But yeah. I I I want to play Silver Tower again. I, I really think if do. we did a campaign, I think that'd be pretty sweet. But it's almost as good really or better do. than. It's filling a completely different niche of Age of Sigmar. It's than Age fi- of Sigmar. It's filling a hole in your heart. It is honestly, it is because I I kind of fondly reminisce on playing D anD D and like role playing games when no, I no you don't I do because <laughs> it was fun. I was like fifteen, sixteen. L five R I really really enjoyed. They just right. No, no. I was thinking they might have did a Kickstarter for that recently, but that's seven C. Never mind. Yeah, but either way, like it was it was fun. But every time I try and sit down to do it again, it's just so much work to do all the prep. And you always have to worry about... And somebody's got to be the DM, and that kind of sucks. If it you're not does. That's, that's, you know what? That's the other thing. It's, 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 got the, it's got the self-working mechanics. It's like, okay, this is how the mechanics work. Go start fighting stuff, and the monsters react accordingly. It doesn't matter who's actually doing it. Yeah, you All, can play one player. Yeah, exactly. You can literally play one player. It might be a little sad. A little? Uh, <laughs> but you can. Yeah. Like, you don't need to have four people. You can play with you and a buddy. or. A and that's something I was like, because... Like you said, if somebody's running a campaign, they can't play in it, even though they may be excited about it. If you're a DM, well... you got to really like DMing. Yeah. Like, you have to be into it. You have to be into it. But this is the other reason why I really like the new um, Super Dungeon Explorers, because you don't need a DM anymore. Everybody can play and, and have fun now. Yeah. No, I'm into it. I think that this game is going to be... One of those games where you can pick it up once a month with some gaming buddies when you're not playing your, your primary game. And it doesn't really matter what they're into, because I, I don't really know a lot of people that didn't start with some sort of GW system that don't have some interest in the game. And you got to paint up one model. Like, the guy that owns the game... Except for Mike. paint up some more. <laughs> yeah, but Mike really, has to paint all of it. Really, I if do. you have... Let's be honest here. If you If you even don't paint up the bad guys... Like, you paint up just your own hero character. That's pretty much all you need to do. Like, that will that will get you started, and you'll be happy with what you got. You can have that character level up, play against some unpainted plastic henchmen. It's okay. You know what I mean? Like, that would still be fun. You know, I actually, I kind of agree, because the, the plastic henchmen are almost inconsequential. They're just game pieces, whereas your character, your hero, is the one that you really care about. Yeah, you probably want to paint up the... Uh, What's his face? The wizard of the silver tower, like the main bad guy. 
the Gaunt Summoner. The Gaunt Summoner, because he's summoner. awesome. That doesn't summon Gaunts, by the way, which pissed me off. No, but, but he's, he he's quite No, no, but he's quite he gaunt. can actually summon Pink Horrors. No, but I want him to summon Tyranids. Oh, okay. okay actually, you know, what is it, the no Thermage? Sense, the Thermage, is that what it's How called? How does it make no sense? Are there not bold. Gaunts and Tyranids anymore? No, oh, but he's gaunt. Yeah. He's skinny. I, I know, I'm just... I want him to summon Ibram Gaunt, the, uh, <laughs> from God's <laughs> Ghosts, yeah. the commas are. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Oh. Just multiple Ibram Gaunts. We're crossing the streams. <laughs> it just gets so weirdly hey, man. you. It, in the realms of Age of Sigmar, anything can happen. There are realms. Millions of years between the realms. Uh, anyways. Uh, yeah, I give it, I give it a, a 10. I'm, I'm tickled pink with this. <laughs> a 10? 10 out of 5. Because wow. my rating scale, I'm I'm quite optimistic as a human being. I'm gonna go with a ten. <laughs> well, if you gave billboards a five, I'd give it a ten too. Okay. <laughs> How about you guys? What do you think? I I love it. I I was the first one to buy it. I think the models are great. I think the game's a lot of fun. So you're in for I'm, a ten. I'm in five. Okay, I'm in for ten too. Okay, we'll give it a ten. Um. So just a, f- a few quick things that I'm a big fan of. The models look awesome. Right. Uh, the app is pretty sweet. It, the app is free, and then you get all the characters that come in the box set. Any of the extras, that's where you start transaction fund. Yeah, microtransaction. Or you could do the bundle and buy everything. The mega bundle is yeah, thirty-seven bucks, and you get thirty-seven yep. heroes and skill packs and treasure packs. So you save a little bit of money that way. Uh, so the app is really sweet because it's got a record of my shirt. Oh yeah, it. record. You can record your, <laughs> uh, your shirt. Yeah. My shirt. Yeah. Is see, on that's there. the thing is, I like the app because I don't remember what skill I had. I had some skill where I got like uh, every time I rolled a double for my actions, I got a health back, but I don't really remember what it was. Like I like that. <laughs> so it's it's a pretty sweet app. Um, I like how you don't need a huge table to play. Uh, you can you can go to town. Um, the only drawback that I can see is the lack of enemy models if you're playing with a bigger group. So multiple sets at that point could be good. Um, so you're at a nine out of five. I would say a nine out of five. That is Zeech's okay. favorite number. It is. So Ooh. Oh, okay. That's a good. That's a good score, <sighs> Dan. I was planning on saying nine because it's <laughs> Zeech's favorite number. <laughs> so you already go, gave it a nine. You're gonna go to ten then. I think I'm still going to give it a 9. <laughs> <laughs> so the question I have for you guys, other than not having enough models to play with more than four players, yes, is there a downside to this? Uh, I, I it's $180. That's the, like literally the okay, only downside. Yeah, but you, you got, know what? I you've d- got a ton of models, though. You, it's good value yeah. as gamers. We're not freaked out by $180 yeah. price tag, but it is, it is. that's a lot more than a set of Monopoly. Yes. You know? Like, it's... Yeah, it's expensive for board games. No, no, we're not saying it's a bad thing. We're just saying that's the only downfall. We don't consider it one. That's why I can't give it a 10 out of 5. I I think (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's why it doesn't get a 10 out of 5. I see what you're saying, Mike, though. Yeah, it's... it's, We're okay with it. I'm fine with paying it. You know what? I feel like I got my money's worth. But it's still a chunk of change that everybody's going to be able to throw down in one shot. That's why I like it, though. If you have two people in a group that pick it up, that are willing to throw that down, that are more into it, they're the gateway dealer that is going to get the other guy. But you still need two people that can spend 180 bucks. Yeah, Yeah, but but that's not that hard. These guys are also gamers, right? Like, Meeple Mart had the thing, like, know what kind of game this is before you buy it. And to be fair, that warning is because they thought it would be the exact same rules as Warhammer Quest, and it's not. Their thing was they thought it was the old game with new models. That's what their disclaimer was about. Gotcha. Not that it's a bad game. It's not the exact same as the old game with new models. Mm-hmm. But so that was kind of a non-issue. My 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 big thing with this would be, uh, yeah, 180 bucks isn't like anything to like sneeze at because 
new people getting into the game, it might not be what they're like. There might for. be a barrier. It's for it's, them. it's a tougher entry for people that are just looking for a board game. And it's also yeah. a little bit more advanced modeling. It's not like one piece Space Marines or whatever. No, but some of those my, models my are my actually point, a little though, more complicated. Is, no, it's still like wonderful. It's still a ten with Necromunda. You bought the game. Oh yeah, and then, then you I had people that weren't awesome. into it. Yeah. that didn't really know it, that could pick up a quick little yeah. warband and play. Like, this is exactly that sort of thing. And the GW heroes, yeah, they're not simple models, but they're still, like, ten pieces at most. Well, I mean, you... you they're not Malifaux Tell model. that to a War Machine player, though. Like, someone who only <laughs> plays War Machine? Oh my god, this model has okay, four okay. pieces! Now, I, I love War Machine, but someone that just <laughs> plays War Machine is a different kind of gamer. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's... And I, and I don't mean any offense by that, but it's just because War Machine, if that's your exclusive game, it's a different style of game. So I don't think you'd be getting into... And I honestly think that the War Machine gamer fluffy and character can understand, like, I think there's enough of a disconnect between this. Like, 40k and, and War Machine can kind of be misconstrued to be similar in their tournament styles. This game is such a departure, I think you can have that switch that, that changes War Machine tournament play to, okay, this is just fun. There is no competitiveness to this. And to you be know. totally honest, I've been getting really into co-op board games lately. Because it's a great way to hang out with your buddies and yeah. just roll dice and giggle. And Bugman's not co-op. So much fun. A ton of repo- replayability. It's just an absolute blast. This is better. Like, the mechanics are better. It's not a drinking game explicitly, and it's not as but goofy. We have rules, well, we though, have rules. which we will release drinking game rules yes. at some point down the road. Yes, but in the show notes. But we, but but if you guys say like, yeah, you know what? Let's do a ongoing campaign of this. I will go pick up a clamshell of something and uh, paint it up. So, Fanqual is coming out, bitches. A skinks. Star Priest, maybe, and we all Ward. get magic. No, I, are we doing it? <laughs> Haven't we already agreed to do this? Fanqual. I think we've Thank unofficially. Oh. We're doing this. It's just no. We've officially said, agreed. Okay, all right. Well, I guess I'll I think. Choose are something. you in Dan? What are you playing? Dan Battletech. <laughs> no, what, what are you going to do? Tomb King? You're going to do a Necromancer? I'm going to play a Victor 9B. <laughs> How about a Lich Priest, though? What about an awesome? <laughs> I was thinking a awesome. Wraith could be King. good. You got some PPC. A Wraith King could be pretty sweet. Dad's making my head hurt. <laughs> no, seriously. Okay, I'll, I'll for sure do a Skaven Grace here. I'll for sure do a Goblin. What show. are you going to play, Mike? We can't Something all bloodbound. We can't all be wizards. You could do a rune. No, no, I said bloodbound. I, I could be <laughs> a savage or a four boss. He's gonna do. He's gonna do bloodbound. Something corn smashy. Yeah. No wizardy at all. Okay. Ward, what are you gonna do? I'm I'm tossed up between possibly like a source old blood or old blood. Or, yes. Or, 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 or necromancer right, or a right king. A right king. A white king. <laughs> source old blood. White king. White king. Is that sort of like a shark? I really don't know. So I could be Torm King three ways: Savage Orc Warboss, Goblin Shaman, or they've got a Wood Elf character that I kind of want to paint up Scott the Falconer to be. Oh, Ooh. I have Scott the Falconer in a blister pack too. That could open him up, and we could both be Scott the Falconer. Yeah. <laughs> the point. That uh, point is, I'm pretty stoked. On this. You are thinking the Nomad <laughs> Prince. Yeah, the Nomad. Or prince. actually, you can actually just run that straight out of the box. You've got that great Waywatcher Lord painted up. Uh, he broke. I have an Altar Lord instead. Alter Lord. Alter Kindreds are great too. Yeah. See, he's like got the big horns and the sight and stuff. Three six Hail Doom. Oh no, Alter Kindred was the super fast movie guy. You yeah. Get, yeah. And you Which gave him. You give him the Doom. what was it? The Bow of Lauren or whatever. Yeah. He gets a, like shots equal to his attacks value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had a million attacks. We are so off topic now. Immediately, like it's just ridiculous. But we here's are the thing. On this. this is the th- this is what I really love. Um, any or almost any of your old fantasy models could port into this game. 
Yeah. As long as they fit one of those rough archetypes yeah. from the characters, yeah. you can use them. You could buy Reaper minis that could probably fit these archetypes. Yes. Like, anything you want to do yes. to make a fucking barbarian or a Again, sorcerer. That's why I'm so excited about this, is I didn't you realize could, You could put Battletech could... models on there somehow. <laughs> okay, fuck. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> that's my subtle way of saying we're really going over on time. <laughs> to right. be fair, there's a lot of preamble of bullshit in there. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, we but, talked a lot about this because it's, it is that good. Go anyways, and buy it. Go buy it. It's worth it. Lots of fun. You got to try it. Or if you don't want to buy it, go find somebody who owns it and try it. Spend spend 200 bucks. grab the game and a six-pack, and you're good. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right, moving on. Yeah. So, Steve, I think this next topic was yours. Yep. I, I wanted to... So, for those of you that don't know, I was out of the country the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, and oddly enough, one of the I have, I have a question for that. Did you go in your quick like lineup as a uh, captain privilege normally would? Uh, no, because it was Europe. Oh. so it's not no Nexus line for you. Uh, Nexus only when I was going. Had, no, it's no Nexus line for EU. You had to no. slum it up then. Uh, no, actually, oddly enough, the airports in Europe were pretty quick. Uh, it was kind of weird how like good their security is but when i came back into canada i went uh, captain privilege uh so anyways (laughs) no um i was in uh italy and uh visiting a friend of mine who i actually know through gaming so we went to the milan gaming club um there's a mind sports facility that's partly government sponsored uh like it's got a local grant for i'm not exactly sure how it works but they have what would amount to a 2,000-square-foot facility that has an outdoor patio, a store within it, and a restaurant and a bar, uh, table space for up to 100 gamers, and a library with books and uh, scenery and that kind of stuff uh, that is open to the public. Anybody can go and play games there. If you go and you play games there, it's a €6-a-year membership. That's it. It's an insane facility. They have, I mean, like, you think of, like, the old-style GW battle bunkers, where they have, like, really cool tables, uh, really neat, like, stuff on the wall, like, that kind of stuff. They had a a tyrannid, like, scything talon in a glass case on the wall that was, like, life-size, as well as, like, a chainsaw. Like, they had, they were clearly into GW stuff. Uh, I played in a game of X-Wing there. There was a bunch of people playing X-Wing, a bunch of people playing Magic, uh, some 30k games going on, and it was like a Thursday night, rainy, nothing special. They had such an impressive community going on. Uh, I mean, this city admittedly does have 3 million people, but what kind of struck me while I was there and what I wanted to talk about in the podcast is uh, traveling to different locations and taking a look at the gaming culture in those, those parts of the world has used to be something that I did quite a bit. Uh, but GW has kind of, I would say, slipped in the last little bit. Like, you know, you used to, we talked about this in a couple of the previous episodes where you would go to a GW and they would have the custom tables and the stuff they built there and the armies that they had. You'd want to check out what they had. Yep. And that's kind of gone away with the way they've done their... And each one had its own little flavor. Yeah. A little different. Yeah, the the tables at Kingsway would be different from the cable or the tables at West Ed, which would be different from Chinook or Sunridge and... Yep. Yeah. Everything sure. was unique and cool. Yeah, and uh, the uh, the battle bunkers were the epitome of that, right? Like, they had a ton of different tables and some amazing stuff. And this kind of reminded me of what traveling and uh, the different gaming cultures around the world you you get to experience. Like, that was really cool, and it was kind of a throwback to that. So I wanted to ask you guys, 
what was your favorite place you've traveled to and gamed in for the gaming culture? Ward. Ooh. Um, that was a tough one for me. Um, I know. I kind of just sprung that on you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I would have to say the biggest one that I've uh, been able to attend is uh, the Battle Bunkers in the States. So when I worked for GW and I got to travel around, I got to visit uh, three of the, the big Battle Bunkers, so Baltimore, uh, L.A., and uh, Seattle, and just how massive they actually were. So how many different game tables and all the terrain underneath and just how how crazy it would be like just deciding what table you were going to play on not a, not not to mention your opponent right you're like uh yeah do you want to play on this awesome city table or do you want to move to this like heavily wooded area um yeah they were just so many options there which was freaking awesome so that's pretty cool so battle bunkers the big battle bunkers yeah mike i actually this is the bad part. I've only think I've seen a couple of stores in London, and they weren't that good. They weren't that good. They really were, because were they like the they size were like of a little t- yes. Yeah. It was they were really tiny stores, okay, so sense. there wasn't that grandiose stuff yeah. that you guys are talking about. I'm like, what? Where's this? And when I wanted to go to what is it? Uh, Warhammer World. Oh, I'm gonna talk about the last. It one. was too far away for me while I was visiting family to. Go. It was like the opposite side of England. Pretty much is where it's like. Oh, yeah, it's a bit of a train ride. And to be fair, that we were there to see Kim's family. Yeah, we it's tough to pull it off. To kind of, it's like, oh, I'm gonna leave you for a couple of days to go see my friends, friends, <laughs> geeky stuff. All right. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll. Uh, you can live vicariously through me later. Thank you. I appreciate uh, it, Dan. Um, I've never really done too much traveling to places that had a lot of gaming going on, like. Ugh, there's, I don't know, it's hard to hard to say, because the biggest gaming thing that I've gone for was actually PAX, which is more video games. Okay, But yeah. they did have, like, Privateer Press was there, and they had some of the models on and everything. And well, PAX would have been Some, like, insane. gaming, like, they had some, like, rooms for tabletop tournaments and stuff yeah. like that. So I think PAX was kind of neat, just in that it was, just on such, like, an epic scale, there was, they sell, like, 200,000 passes, weekend yeah. passes for that event. Like, it is absurd how many people go through oh, those doors sure. every day. So even though it wasn't like a primarily board gaming environment, that was that was pretty cool going to PAX. Nice. The arcade expo <clears throat> for those not in the know. Yeah, and they also do one in, in Australia that apparently is absolutely insane if you want to get away uh, for a vacation to Australia. For me, it's kind of two. The the first one was when I was like sixteen, or no, I was I was like fourteen or fifteen. I just kind of got into the games. It was a couple years in, and a buddy of mine, um, we ended up going with family to uh, Vancouver, and I got to go to the Battle Bunker, and it was this big yeah. thing to go to the Battle Bunker, right? Yeah. Because uh, I'd been to West End a few times and Kingsway a few times, and they had three or four boards, and it was fine and dandy, but the Vancouver Battle Bunker, at the time, especially for me being like so young and impressionable and new into gaming, was such a big deal, because people could just go there and game anytime. It was just a thing that you did. It was a bit like a utopia. Yeah. I hear you. Um, but I gotta say the most impressive thing I've ever experienced was, and I've said it before, was lock and load. Because of the Iron Arena. Just that ability to, like, walk into the room and be like, what a game! No, but that's because it is the battle bunker, what it should have been. Like, yeah. it's constantly busy, there's stuff going on, there's cool tables, all hours of the day. It's unfortunately only for the three days, yeah. but it is 24 hours for the three days. Yeah. And you just roll in and play. Yeah. Um, and so, and just having, like, You'd have to go to experience it. It was 
the one room itself, I think, was about the size of the LVO, and it was just War Machine. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I, don't sorry. get me wrong. You've almost sold yeah. me on going to lock and load, and I I make fun of War Machine a lot, but that's what gaming should be like. That idea of the Iron Arena. That's why I can't on. quit War Machine because it's like as much as I don't really like playing in tournaments anymore. I, it's like this is that little yeah oh, intermittent reinforcement, which is just it keeps like you coming back. Yeah, I keep going back to it. Yeah. So like that for me was a huge thing, and uh, I would I do kind of hope to someday make it to something more of like a permanent structure like that. So like the, what I was gonna say is this this uh, gaming club in Milan is a lot like that like it is open from I think nine in the morning till two at night every day of the week and like three or four in the morning on Saturday Friday and Saturday like it's basically almost twenty four hours like it only shuts down when people really don't want to be awake so they basically need some time of day to like wipe up the Cheeto dust yeah and it's it's rad like you go there and. It, Italy is really good for food and and drink prices, so you can, like, spend three or four euros for, like, a bag of chips and a huge beer, like the Manabreas, that are, like, uh, full on half a liter. Uh, Like, they're pretty badass, and you just hang out and game all day. And what I was going to contrast this to is, so I have been to Warhammer World, and it's, (sighs) it's not as cool as actually almost this gaming club. So... I thought it was going to be the most amazing thing ever, and I will say it has the best tables I've ever seen because they have all the Forge World tables. Like they, when I was there, they had the the Tomb Kings table with the pyramids, yep. and they also had the Forge World table with the um, the Imperial Outpost, where it had like the recovery vehicle with the down uh, Warhound Titan, yeah, which were badass. And the int- the main interior of the building is built like a castle. Like the castle walls are the walls of the main gaming hall. But it closes at 6 o'clock on a Friday night. It's open from 10 in the morning to 6 o'clock Friday night. After that, it's just shut down. you got to go home. So it's really weird. Like, you're there, you're playing, and it doesn't really feel like it's got a lot of community. Because like, that seems like it's almost people. more of a tourist thing rather than a local person. It, it is, it entirely. So I didn't play any locals there. Like, my, uh, the friend of mine that I was traveling with, we... I brought my Skaven army, he brought his demons, we played a 1500 game. And this was Warhammer World? Yeah, in yeah. Warhammer World. We did play on the super badass table. We saw, like, the, the Tyranid versus Space Wolf uh, diorama that they had going on that I'm sure everybody's seen at some point yeah, in time. Yeah, I saw it at Game Day one year. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, the Hall of Miniatures is sweet, but Bugman's Bar is probably the only reason I would go. Uh, again, like, it's... That's what's worth going for is because it is like the fully themed Warhammer bar. It's hilarious. They've got Bugman's bar uh, just open on the, the, the tables, like the games. You can play Bugman's bar in Bugman's bar, and it's kind of weird. Uh, they've got great beers, but the event wasn't that good, and or the venue wasn't that good. So Lock and Load reminds me of what I kind of thought like utopian gaming should be, but it's only three days. This I'm blown away by how cool this club was in Milan because it's it's a combination of what Warhammer World should be and what uh, what lock and load is, I think, what I have in my mind. Yeah, Um, I got to say, I'm super jealous. It is. No, I, I, I was I was he was, you know. My friend that that lives in Italy was was is jealous of the space that we have here and all the the you know uh, clean air, clean water, open nature, that kind of thing. Jobs, jobs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's doing okay, but um, 
I would trade a lot of that for for their gaming community. Like their painting. <laughs> I'm not going to breathe. No, they're, water. Their their gaming you community. Water. Anybody that follows uh, like international painting competitions and that kind of thing, Italy is always really really high for their. Italy, France, and Spain are typically the top three, and you can see why. It's just it's just completely obvious that they really take gaming serious, and the fact that their government uh, kicks in funding for this facility is mind blowing, and I I don't see like I understand why because it keeps kids honestly uh, from doing other stupid shit like it's not a bad idea they don't have enough money for drugs or other things when they're into war gaming and you cannot i've made that joke for years yeah (laughs) and i think i think honestly that's what they're talking about and it is they they market it as a mind sports facility for people that are trying to hone their intellectual abilities and like like we do kind of with bridge yeah there's bridge is an old person sport here but it's like a mental acuity thing. It's like playing those little like lumosity brain games to like yeah. whatever. It's it's cognitively it will have a good effect on you. Yeah, you're using because you're reading. Sorry, you're using like reading comprehension. You're using math. You're using like spatial awareness. You're engaging all these different aspects of the like so, the social element. Yeah, exactly. Like and social learning, especially for adolescents in a healthy setting, is kind of a big deal. Yeah, so. uh, and like that's what I'm trying to Excuse say. Excuse me. When I, when I, when I, I mean, when I when I worked back at GW, like back Tom? in the day, like there there was a dad in here uh, in in one of the stores. Dixon farts. Oh, there we go. We're back to normal. Never mind. There was a, there was a dad that came shopping with his uh, his son, and he said, like, yeah, if if my boy wants a book, like I'll buy him any book that he wants to read here. Like that's not a problem because he's using the math. He's He's reading that sort of thing, and he's like, when it comes to the models, he's like, then he's gotta do chores and and earn some money that way, right? But if he wants a book, not a problem. Yeah, that makes so. sense, and th- that's kind of I think the way that the like they sort of see things is it's more of a productive outlet instead of like a weird niche nerd hobby. Yeah, like it, so I can see the government wanting to sponsor that more than like a skate park or whatever, right? Yeah, entirely. Like it, it's it was kind of it was it was really cool, and I, I have to say, like I'm, I'm obviously. I still quite like Canada, but that was, I thought, really forward, and I I want it to, to be here. So I want to see if we can, you know, maybe start moving. Because we had some gaming facilities and gaming clubs here in Edmonton, but they've all folded. And they were not six euros a year. And I, they wish, were I wish I knew about this government-sponsored uh, gaming hall idea when I still knew the Minister of Culture. Yeah. <laughs> oh. that w- this would have been great five years ago when I was literally yeah. working for the well she wasn't minister of culture at the time but she became the minister of culture Yeah, it would have been good to know while I had the connections to exploit that, well damn it Dan you're ruining everything. and especially five years ago when the economy was actually pretty fucking good that too yeah. <laughs> yeah. so anyways I, I, I'm glad we got a chance to sort of talk about these sort of things because it's uh, I thought it was really really cool and if we can sort of push the community in that direction to be a little more um self-promotional towards what it should be. And inclusive, it sounds like. It sounds it is. like very much, this is a space. It's not just tabletop. It's also your magic. And it's I not should a also, restricted club environment either. No, and I should also mention that I do not speak Italian, if you couldn't, didn't know. And people were interested in chatting with me, and it was, it was a little difficult. We had to have my friend sort of translate, but I could go and ask this guy about his 30K army. And it was like really bridging the gap you know what i mean like oh you're you're clearly playing uh iron hands like do you want like what what do you have in your army are you excited for the new uh i can't remember what they're called iron they're circle new iron circle yeah and Those are iron warriors hello iron warriors sorry and 
he was like, oh, yeah, I'm really into that. You know, like, super excited. And you we lead to Iron Warriors. Exactly. That's more... It's back. That's more Southern Italy on the side note. <laughs> See, I can only I'm, be, like, reasonable I'm, I'm, for a very I'm, short I'm, period of time. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that is correct, but it's much more Southern. I'm Italy. holding it in right now, actually. Yeah, it was um, sweet. So my, my question is, like, do they have, like, a caretaker of the location because of, like, the yeah. crazy hours? Have they do. They have staff. And they have, like I said, they have a full, not only do they have staff, it's not just an open facility where you can just go and game. They have a fully functional, like, everywhere in Italy. It doesn't matter where you are. It seems to have a very accessible, what they call a bar. So it's like... Uh, sandwiches, wine, espresso, like just an Italian cafe. That's there. And the food is really good because <laughs> it's Italy. So it's not like, oh, you're getting a shitty hot dog. Like you go and you get like... Hey, those a, potato chips are really good. You get like a wicked panzerotti and a beer or it's, like a glass of red wine. Well, that would be it's, like, it's almost like a tabletop cafe that's going to yeah. be sponsored. It's entirely right. I was actually That's exactly say, it. I'm curious to see because we're seeing a massive influx of tabletop cafes in Edmonton. There yeah. are four now. It's exactly like a tabletop. There's two on 124th Street. Imagine if you had a tabletop cafe that was f- like the ones in Edmonton, but five times the space with a full scenery hall, GW stuff, like uh, memorabilia on the walls, uh, a library that you can just take books out of, and tables everywhere. How hard, That's would, it, what it how hard would it be to talk to one of these tabletop cafes, get a small shelf of scenery, and a table big enough to play on? I don't know. That's a great question, Tom. But <laughs> I think I think uh, that's that's what they have effectively, and it's it's pretty badass. So before we leave this topic, I want to ask you guys: How was your first Sentry Box experience? Uh pretty fucking badass. I like Sentry. Box. I was I was a little upset that I didn't bring a second pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> right, like on the topic of going somewhere cool for gaming, and I, I do want to give a shout out. To um, just one of the coolest places in Western Canada, if not for gaming at, just for buying the most random ass models you yes, can think of. Because it yes. was like one of those online mega stores in person a decade before those online mega stores existed. They had a large space, they had large gaming areas, they had tons of gaming manufacturers that you've never even heard of before, yes. all in one place. Yep. Yes. Sentry Box is sweet. Uh, it's It's. Actually, you know what? This gaming club was very similar to the same size as Sentry Box, except if it was mostly tables and only the upper area that was the store. So just invert Sentry Box. Invert Sentry Box. Oh. That's exactly what this was. So it's it's pretty cool. But Sentry Box, um, I love Sentry Box because they have the historical room of also upstairs. Kind of in the back. Which is always where I go to when I want like my weird fix of miniatures. Because I like historical miniatures. Like I got into scale uh, aircraft. That's how I started in the in the hobby. Sure. And I'll, I'll, that's what I like about Sentry Box is you're right. It has all the eclectic weird stuff. You know what else it has? Battletech. Battletech. Battle it does. And battle. I, as and much as I shit on Battletech, Battletech is eclectic and weird, and I have some Battletech from back in the day. <gasps> that's what I started. They're card. They're oh, card figures. Okay. They're not real figures. Never mind. It's you know what he's got classic battle tech. It counts. Yeah, that's, that's what the game came as when you bought the old oh, starter yeah. box set. It was all cards. Yep, I'm aware. So I guess the punchline for this is get we out. Need to, we need to step up our game. We need to get people out there and get this growing. Is my point. Fair. Yeah. So Ward, on the topic of stepping out, 
getting out there and upping your game. Oh, son of a nutcracker. Oh, that would have been a great segue! <laughs> You're not Totally ready. not prepared. No, I'm hitting the wrong, all the wrong buttons right now. Oh, Here I go. God. It's coming. Don't you worry about it. Yeah, so, we need to get more Red Bull into you. Do you guys like stuff? <laughs> um, sports and stuff? <laughs> wow. How about that sports... And the Jays did well with me. <laughs> the Jays did win. Spoiler alert, uh, the Jays won three days ago. Five yes, days ago? Yes, spoiler uh, alert, that's right. Saturday. On Tuesday. <laughs> so at the How time long is this taking? I don't know. It's For M. Bison, it so, was a Tuesday. So, we n- <laughs> <laughs> so at the time of this airing, uh, it's going to be uh, June 4th, and there is... I'll be gaming. Me too. Steve is going to be down in Calgary. Are you going to be down in Calgary? No. Oh. Damn See, it, Tom. Come down Steve's going to be down no, in Calgary. No, I'm playing War Machine in Edmonton. But last time in Calgary was a lot of fun. Uh, Dude, last time we were in Calgary, we almost died. At, yeah. at Tournament OP. Uh, so they are doing uh, 40K and 9th Age Fantasy two-day event. Uh, there is going to be a bar, custom scenarios, a lot of fun stuff. That's so why I go. Steve is taking a really cheesy army. So Actually, it's, it's not that cheesy for go, 40K. This go time. and crush him. It does have 10 models in 1850. It does. That's not going to win. That's true. Uh, June 18th is going to be the Clash at the Airy. Uh, It's a tournament of Warhammer 40K, 1,850 points in St. Albert. No painting is required for this one, uh, so it's a good entry tournament. But you should paint your shit anyway. You still should paint your stuff. They do have a best painted uh, prize. And they do have a bar. They do have a bar as well, and they also are not running full ITC scenario. They are running, I believe, scenarios four, five, and six. Yeah, but they also allow army compass difference. So if you if you're t- planning on taking your ITC uh, army, take a look at their uh, scenarios or their package. They've, they've got the players' packs posted, yeah. I think, in uh, Edmonton yeah. Warhammer. Uh, I think Onslaught. Yeah, Edmonton Onslaught also has their players' pack posted as well. Uh, July sixteenth and seventeenth, uh, the King of the North. In Grand Prairie, it's going to be a 50-point steamroller that Jacob's going to be running. Uh, there's also a 50-point three-man team event going on Ooh. as well. So if you got some friends, hey, that's cool. The Grand Prairie guys put on really good War Machine events. Yeah, They're I've been awesome before. Dudes. It's tons of fun. Probably yeah. also be prepared to drink at that event. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Heavily. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I got. I I was drinking with many people. I didn't even think drank. <laughs> there you go. I think that's a must do in uh, the north. Uh, July sixteenth and seventeenth, the Wet Coast GT at the Grand Villa Casino in Burnaby again. Uh, they're going to be running multiple systems, so there should be some Malifaux, of course, forty k. I'm not sure if they're doing something like Age of Sigmar or Ninth Age or. I don't think anybody's so. entirely sure what they're doing for that. So still for yeah. that, um, we could probably look into it at some point. But that sounds like work. So, but. Again, multiple systems. Uh, I know Dan Miner is uh, part of that uh, organization committee. So. Great TO. So if you're in that area, you should go. I went last year. It was a, it was a really good time. So I'm yep. still waiting to see if I can pull it off. Um, mm. I will not be able to with work this year. Uh, July 22nd, 23rd, there is Warhammer. 23rd and 24th. Sorry, 23rd and 24th. I've already paid. Apparently he's drunk. You're going to? I'm going to. I didn't know! (laughs) Warhammer is a drinking tournament with some AOS mixed in, I I said. Yeah, Um, that is correct. They're using 125 points. They're using the SCGT. Yeah, Yeah, so you get like a sideboard kind of thing. You can kind of swap out some models here and there. It's a little bit weird. I'm not entirely sure how it works because, A, I'm not a great Age of Sigmar player. And you buy, you make 125 points. Yeah. Of that 125 points, you can pick 100 points, and that's what you choose each game. Yep. Yeah. There you go. So it's a bit of a sideboard. 
Yeah. You got, you got a little bit of a buffer sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, August 27th, 28th uh, is the Planes of War GT in Winnipeg. Uh, they are running a big uh, 40K ITC event. Um, yep. Basically just a big 40K tournament. Uh, They're good guys. Them. We met them down at uh, Las Vegas Open. Yeah. So, uh, people can still play Winnipeg? We would love to go. I think it's going to be a major. They're planning on having a full major event. And it's just 40K? Just 40K. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah. You're like, uh. I'm like, oh, I would go. I would go support it. But, but if you love 40K, which I know many of you do, go check it out. Yeah. Uh, there's also Attack X at the beginning of September. Uh, I believe September 8th, 9th, and 10th. I will get confirmed. You know what? I can actually confirm this. Give me one sec. There you go. <laughs> confirm or deny. Uh, of the weekend, they're doing multiple systems, um, so they just started uh, selling tickets online. Uh, so they'll be doing X-Wing. They're going to be doing War Machine. They're a big War Machine tournament. Yeah, they're also doing Malfo. Oh, are they doing Malfo? Yeah. So I know that they're expanding to some of the different systems. They're doing a Sagebrush painting contest. It is. Painting contest there, too. September 11th, or 9th to 11th? 9th to 11th. So, not so the games that they have, uh, War Machine, Flames of War, uh, apparently hordes separately. <laughs> um, they just have both logos. Oh, okay. uh, 40k Malfo Kings of War. Yes, that is another hmm. one that they're focusing on for the fantasy side of things. Yeah. So. And X Wing. Did I use X Wing? I'm saying X Wing. X Wing Armada. They're both. Yeah, there. sure. Both there. But I've I've talked to a handful of the guys that put on this event. Uh, they're great people, and they run a really good event. So cool. go check it out. And Kelowna in September should be pretty beautiful. Yeah. Uh, if things go according to possibly plan, I might be able to go to that one. Let me know, because I also might be able to go to that so, one. Steve, you're not invited. Aww. <laughs> and the so people okay, we'll get drunk together over with Paul Taylor. Oh, okay. I can't wait for Warhammer. I went last <laughs> no, year. It was the best tournament I've been to. That's different. Okay. And, and then the last event uh, officially announced is uh, Onslaught, October 22nd, 23rd. Which we will all be at. Multiple systems. I will be very tired the whole weekend. Uh, it's going to be at the Kingsway Armada downtown. Um, so there'll be 10 different game systems uh, all weekend. Lots of new terrain. Uh, oh my god, I just realized that my apartment's like 10 blocks from there. Also, uh, <laughs> just so we're clear. Yeah, but you're probably going to rent a hotel room there anyway. And Why? You'll probably, and you'll probably move again by then. <laughs> oh. uh, but just, I want to clarify for everybody that's listening, this is a 40k major. So it's uh, quite a few points for your ITC. Uh, there's a lot of ITC points up for grabs in this area of the world actually right now. So if you are you think you can't compete down in the States, you're wrong. You can get out to events. Yeah, this is uh, – I'm marketing it as a major event. So I have 64 spots put aside for Warhammer 40K. Um, yeah. yeah, hopefully it's going to be a full house. So uh, painting is required. Uh, Damn straight it is. Damn straight. Uh, so just like most majors, as a side note, anybody that's complaining, <laughs> I haven't heard any complaints. Even uh, at Las Vegas Open, you lose your game if you have no painted models. Onslaught's always been a painted event, right? So, yeah. um, and fun fun thing for the Malfo players, there will be some Hobby in Canada swag at the event. Ooh, Ooh nice. there you go. So, and yeah, so I should confirm. Yes, Malfo is one of the ten events that you can play. <laughs> so. So there Jump is that. Uh, so ticket tickets uh, and players packs are going to be out in July for that one. So cool. Yeah, there you go. That's a lot. We got events, and it sounds like we're all we're all playing in some events. 
except for Dan. Hooray! Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention during that whole segment. But... I'm sure there's an X-Wing event in there somewhere you'll play. Sure. No, there's a building yeah. Battletech models event happening right now. I'm good at that. In Dan's house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, on that note, this has been another episode of Hobbitate in Canada. Until next time, I'm Tom. I'm Dan. I'm Ward. I'm Mike. And I'm Steve. And paint your fucking models and take them to fun tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>